Hello and welcome to Unpuzzled. I'm your host, Katharina Aviola-James, and on this podcast, it's all about revealing Christ one piece at a time. Thank you for tuning in again. I'm super glad to have you here. Um, so today's one is going to be a bit of a, not a sober one. Um, I'd probably say uh, maybe a call to, is a call to repentance or a call to fix up. Like we, the church, we need to fix up. Um, and so I'm going to share this with you. And yeah, uh, just pray that it blesses you. But um, this is probably now a year. No, this is not over a year. Probably two, two, three years ago now, or even more, probably 2020 or something like that. But um, so this was a vision that I had. In this vision, uh, so I'm trying, I'm, I will try and be as um, graphic or as um, poetic in my delivery so you can actually picture it. But in this vision, I was in this beautiful garden. Like I was, I just stood there. It was a beautiful garden. If, if anyone was to ask me, how does the Garden of Eden look like? Like this is probably it. Like it was beautiful. It was marvelous. It was glorious. It was just a, the most beautiful field with all kinds of flowers and just you, you looked absolutely beautiful well trimmed like very well taken care of right so it wasn't one of those forests gone wild right it was a really really well manicured um well taken care of um garden and so i was in it and there was a path and again really nice like you don't you weren't just walking in 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 the grass right it was a really nice laid out and so there was a path so i was on the path and i was walking and as I'm walking, I'm just looking left and I'm looking right and I'm just taking in the beauty. Like it wasn't just that the field was beautiful, like the whole atmosphere was beautiful. Like if if there was a word to describe it, I'll probably say glory. It just felt like it was the most beautiful, the purest of atmospheres. And it, yeah, and, and so I walked and I kept walking. Like I felt like somebody was leading me, right? So I just walked and walked and looked left and right and took in the fresh air and everything and the weather. It was beautiful and all that kind of stuff, right? And so as I'm walking, I look to my left and there's another path to the left and there's a signboard and it said something like healing house or healing center. Um, and so I'm like, oh, okay, that looks interesting. And so I turn left and I follow the path. And as I keep on following the path, I see this beautiful big building and it was the healing healing center or the healing house. And again, it was really, really nice, it was big, um, but it was really quiet. Like there wasn't it seemed empty, like there wasn't anybody in it. Like it felt like, okay, it wasn't abandoned because it was a nice, again, a well-kept building, but it just happened that it was kind of, it seemed like it was empty, nobody was in it, right? Um, and so I looked at, I just took note of that and then continued and I kept on walking again. And then as I keep walking, I see a few people to the left and to the right, like tilling the ground, like just preparing somewhere. Um, cutting the grass and just looking after it to the left and to the right. I'm like, okay, that's nice. You know, like really, really, everybody had their own thing to do. Like it felt like roles and responsibilities were very clearly defined. So everybody was doing their own little thing. And then I keep on going and then I see this massive banquet. And I, like, it was just a beautiful, like a table. You could tell like they were preparing for something. Like something was, there was it was a preparation for something. Okay. And there was like this banquet. And there were some people that were responsible for just the place settings and just making sure everything is beautiful, everything is put in order and stuff. And it was nice. And people had smiles on their faces. It was a very, um, people were content. It was, people were happy. It was very peaceful, very serene. Um, and so that I took that in and that looked really, really lovely. 
And I remember feeling that, oh, wow, some, they're preparing for something so grand. It's going to be so beautiful, right? And then I felt the person leading me, which I probably feel it was the, it was the Lord. It was the Lord leading me. Um, so come, keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. And so I, I keep following and I see that we're approaching a gate. And so as we are approaching the gate, I just get a sense of, okay, hold on, where are we going? Like, I don't want to leave this place. I don't want to leave this space, right? And so I kind of um, get almost to the gate and just kind of look back. I'm like, oh, this is so beautiful, like so nice, right? And so they come, follow me, follow me. And I'm like, okay, like it's you. I'm going to follow you because I know wherever you go, it's safe, right? So he opens the gate. As soon as he opens the gate, like there's this massive like smoke. Like that kind of hits your face. Like it's like not even nice. Like it's just massive smoke that hits my face. I'm like, yo, like where are we? And so I keep following. And at this point, I'm like, okay, like I need to be really, really close. Like literally hold your hand because I don't want to get lost in this place. Right. So just, just follow me. Just trust me and follow me. And so as soon as we are on the other side of the gate, I look and it's just instant misery, instant sadness, instant, like you just, just, it was so tangible. It's literally, you move from ice to fire. Like it was so tangible that this was just a dark place. And I looked around and there were all kinds of things. Like there were people that were on the ground. They were in pain. They were hurt. Some were dead. I looked ahead of me and I could see like some, and I'm going to be a bit like graphic, but not graphic, but I could see people committing all kinds of evil like all kinds of evil i'm talking about parents killing their children the children killing their parents i'm talking about killing um people and i see people burning people i could see people like being cannibals and eating human flesh like and the further back we went like the further in we went the more horrid it became like people sleeping with animals like it was it's people stabbing one another beheading one like the deeper we went the worse it went and at some point I was like no 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 I, I can't actually take this anymore please please just take me back take me back in that instant I, I found ourselves back at the, at the gate and I just remembered feeling like oh my god I need to get out of here like what is this place in space okay and so instantly I am assuming this was heaven and hell. Like instantly, the immediate um, interpretation of the scene that I just saw, still while still in the vision, was, okay, God must have just shown me heaven and hell. And I'm like, I asked him, like, Lord, like, what is this? Like, where are we? What's happening? And he's like, no, this, this is not heaven and hell. This is, this is like the earth right here, right now. And I'm like, what? And didn't make sense. And this is how he broke it down for me. He said, what you're seeing, like the space that we were in now, the dark place, the dark space was, is the representation of the world. And the other side was the body of Christ, was the church, where all the people that had received the life of Christ said yes to Jesus. And he starts to break this down for me and he says, this gate was never meant to be there. This gate was the church's attempt to keep the world out. And so to protect itself, it 
built up this wall to prevent anything that is dark and evil and sad and depressed and whatever to come through. And he said that was never his intent because his, his plan and his intent was that the people that were on the other side, so the good side, the beautiful side, the peaceful side, the godly side, the wonderful, the side that felt glorious, those that knew Christ and lived with Christ and Christ lived in them. The idea was always for them, having received the life of Christ and having become more and more like him, to go over to the other side and save those that would otherwise be doomed. And so we're talking about all kinds of evil that was there, like literally whatever you can think of that is demonic, what it was represented. And the idea was, since you are saved, like yourself, like Christ lives in you. He is alive in you. Now you go over to the other side and bring in those that would otherwise be doomed, that would otherwise be dead, that would otherwise be depressed that would otherwise be involved in all kinds of evil, bring them over. And then he showed me that the healing center that you saw was exactly that place. It was the place of recovery. It was the place dedicated to bring those that were hurt from the other side. As you bring them over into the body, you put them in the healing center, you take care of them, you treat them, whether that be mental, spiritual, whatever, you, they treat it there. And once they're there, that's how they are being transformed, right? And I almost felt, and God was, I almost felt like what, what he was saying to me, like the church, like the, the good side, like the body of Christ side, didn't trust and believe that that which they had was strong enough to withstand the evil side. They didn't want to be contaminated by the evil. They didn't want to be so engrossed and, and consumed by the evil. They didn't want to be basically like, it's almost as though, you know, cook, you're cooking the kitchen and you cook certain types of food, that stench stays on you, right? And, and he said, like, people, did, he, they didn't want the stench of the world to follow them. And they didn't understand that what they had was so much greater. Like Christ in us revealed, you could go wherever, because you're not going by yourself. You're going with the Spirit of God. Like he's leading you into the place to save the lost, right? And so when I looked around, I could see that right at the at the at the front of the gate, like some people just barely made it. Like, you know, I don't know how best to describe it, but imagine this gate. So on the side that I'm now standing with God is is the um, it's the fallen side. Uh, it's the side of the world. And so the, the church is on the other side. And so we're standing right by the gate. And you could see just right by the gate, like uh, say 10, 15, or however many people had barely made it. Like they knew that they just needed to get to the other side. But they, just before they got there, they passed out and they died. Just before, and you could see that because one of them had their hand stretched, almost reaching the, 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 the door, but just did not manage to get through it, to push a little bit further and get in. And so you could see like their corpse was literally just right at the gate, collapsed. They had passed out just before they got there. And so he was always saying like this, I almost felt like, like, on, like just even like replaying it. It was such a sober an almost like painful vision because it felt like we've let the world down. Like, first of all, the idea that, okay, we don't want to get them out. It's almost like it's at us and them. It's the righteous versus everybody else. 
and okay, we don't want you to meddle here. We don't want you to kind of contaminate. We don't want you to bring your stuff over into our stuff world. So what we're going to do, we're just going to build up this wall. We're going to protect ourselves. We're going to create this little institution called us. And this is us. This is how we do what we do, where we do it, how we do it. And we're just going to preserve ourselves and build this little community of who we are. And yes, the world is everything and anyone outside there. And all we need to do is just preserve our own little bubble, right? And God said, no, it was never meant to be a them. And like, literally, the idea was never to have a wall. The idea is that that which you have is the very thing that the world needs. So the idea was to go into, and even just now as I'm talking about it, duh, the scripture says it's, Go into the world. Not, not, not set yourself up. You are, by virtue of the fact that Christ lives in you, you're already set apart. But go into the world, not out of the world. Go into it. The souls that we're meant to save are in the world. Like, how are we going to save them? And so in that picture, I'm just like, what are we doing? Because, yeah, back on the other side, it was serene, it was peaceful. But it was almost like empty. Like I could almost count the people that were there. I could, like the people tilling the ground, the people preparing the banquet, the people watering the flowers. We could count them. Everybody was on the other side, but they didn't even know what to do. They were so engrossed and consumed with wickedness and evil. And God said, like, what are you doing on this other side? Like, get over, like, come, like, leave where you are. Trust that I'm with you. And save the fallen, like save the lost, like they need you. What you have everything that you need to bring them over to the other side, bring them over to the other side, whether it's, and in that picture, like I'm telling you, it was, there was murder. There was, there was, there was all kinds, there was adult, all kinds of evil. And rather than bring them in, we said, no, you continue do what you're doing while in your sin, have your, have, have your demon parties, do whatever you're doing, as long as you don't come over to the other side. And the father's desire, the father's heart is for the lost to be found. Is for all of mankind to understand and realize that this was never meant to be for the selected few. His desire is for all of mankind to come to the knowledge of Christ Jesus, to be saved, to be redeemed, to be restored. And I almost felt like, like in that, I, I honestly, my conclusion was we have failed. Like we have failed humanity. Like what are we doing? Feeling good? Having our little praise parties? Feeling good? Just reading our Bibles, having our Bible study, just indulging in the righteousness that is not ours, indulging the salvation that is not ours, feeling good about ourselves. We know Jesus and it's good as, as long as me and my house serve the Lord, we're fine. We're literally depriving humanity of the gift of Christ. And no, they don't need our money. They just need us to bear witness of Christ. Literally, like we don't even need to, all, like, honestly, in that vision, all that was needed was literally just go over, just drag them along, just pull, just bring them in. Like, it wasn't as if there was a lot of, people were committing a lot of sin and there was a lot of atrocity being committed. But there, I, I couldn't, I didn't derive pleasure. Now, I'm not saying they might have not found pleasure in it, but when I was in that vision, 
all I could see was evil and people going and doing all kinds of evil things, but I couldn't derive pleasure. And I really felt like it wasn't about having to convince and have, no, it was literally, listen, over there, everything you need is over there. So we need to get you from where you are to get you to over there. And literally, and I just felt like God was saying like, the church has failed. And this was not, again, this is not, this is a message shared in love. Um, I am a, not only a lover of Christ, I'm a lover of the body of Christ and stuff. So, but there is also a place of correction. And yes, there's an element of the church has failed. Humanity, when I say humanity, not necessarily, not all of mankind, but what I'm saying is that there is a role that we are to play. And rather than play the role, we have kind of created our own little community, our own little village, our own little, our own little bubble. And I'm just trying to keep it as clean as we can, try and sustain it, at least until Christ comes, because then we're all good anyway. But we don't, as if we don't even trust what we have, we don't even trust what we know. We don't even trust who lives on the inside of us because Christ cannot be contaminated. He's like, listen, like, just go in there and get these guys out of their misery. Go out there and get them out of their pain. Remove, like, literally crush the wall. Remove the wall. You're not going to be contaminated. Your ministry is there. This is where I'm calling you to. That side, the, 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 the garden side, the beautiful side, it was in order. It was beautiful. There was, everything was in place. Like there was provision made for every kind of thing. It was in order. It was a system that worked. It just so happened that the structure was there, but the people weren't. And I almost felt like, like let's just go over there. Just bring the people. Bring them over. And once on the other side, I felt like as if God was saying, like, I would know what to do. I know what to do with them. So the healing center, maybe just representing those that need healing will get healing. Everything they would need is found in that place. Just get them over. Our responsibility is to get them over. Like, stop this divide. This div it's not a them and us. In terms of. Yes, we are set apart. Yes, we are the called. Yes, we are the chosen. Yes, we have. Yes, we are the saved, right? Everyone that has received the life of Christ, we are saved. We're going to get to know him on this journey. We're going to be transformed into the image of Christ. And that's going to happen gradually. But he has need of us. And he's saying, listen, that which you have been given, you now give. That which you have now received, go out there and give it to another. That which you have now known, make it known. Like I always say, like my, literally my life is to know Christ and to make him known. The Bible says, taste and see how that which you've tasted of. Now go and tell others how good this is. Get them over to the other side. And yes, it's cool. They may not, they, they probably might not sound like you sound, but maybe not like you sound now because there was a time you sounded like them. There was a sound, the time you looked like them. There was a time you thought like them. There was a time you were like them. And so I really felt like God is saying, listen, awaken. Like I know somebody always said, like, do, do we have like spiritual in, in not insomnia. Um, how do you call it when you, when you forget? It's the word. I forgot it now. But you know what? Amnesia. Or like, you know, sometimes we just, 
much selective forgetting. We forget. Then listen, on, on this, like the other day I thought about this, like this whole thing about um, the kingdom of God and being part of the family of God. Like God was saying to me the other day, like our default is sin. Like I hope we all know and realize that like our default is sin. Like it's not something you, you like you opt into in seeing you were conceived you were born in sin our default actually the moment we come on onto the earth we are in the world now receiving the life of christ saying yes to jesus that's an opting in like you need to opt into the kingdom you're not you're not, you're not naturally part of the kingdom you opt into it and that invitation is the point where you receive the life of Christ, you receive of the gift of Jesus, you receive that which he did. So you opt in. You don't just, you don't opt out of darkness because opt out, you're opting out to then beware. It is you are naturally in darkness and you're opting in. You're opting in to the kingdom of God by virtue of his son, Christ Jesus. And so sometimes we forget that. We forget that actually... We were in the world. Great if you were born to a Christian family where kind of the principles are already kind of Christ-like. And so there's maybe a parameter as to how bad things can be spiritually because you kind of already have a Christian foundation or setting. But trust me, if care is not taken, like even born into a Christian family with grandma, grandpa, mom, and dad, lovers of Jesus, if you don't say yes to Jesus, if you don't receive the life of Christ, you were as bad as any other person over on that other side where there was nothing but demonic oppression and nothing but evil and nothing but depression and sadness and sorrow. And so sometimes we forget that. But the moment we partake of the gift of Jesus, the moment we say yes to him and therefore opt into the kingdom, you literally move, you transition from that darker side to the good side, the beautiful side. And yes, and there's going to be a, a, a season of your life. You're, you're going to be changed. You're going to be transformed. Habits are not going to drop overnight all the time. Something's going to happen over. But at least you're saved. At least you're now in that place and space where you know it's all about Christ Jesus, where he tra changes you. And then uh, you listen to one of my other um, pod, um, episodes where I talk about being his child and being his bride and being his priest and uh, all that kind of stuff. But let us never forget, like this them and us, we were all part of the thems. We were all once part of the them. And what God is saying, listen, that which you have received, give it unto others. Make it known. It doesn't actually take much. Just just, just even a simple, just the heart of compassion. Like, you don't want everybody else to die. It, and, uh, do you know what, fairness? Even if it doesn't please you, it pleases the Father. That's what he wants. He doesn't just want a few that are all bishops and popes and apostles and prophets. He wants every single one to be saved. If you're looking like, okay, if you're asking yourself, what would make him smile? What makes him smile? What makes him happy? It's the salvation of his children. Because whether we like it or not, they are all his. They may not know it, may not acknowledge it, may not receive it, may not accept it. But they are all his. Christ came to reconcile. He came to be like, yo, I know you're lost. I know you're fallen, but come back. This is where you need to be. This is, this is where, this is where you, 
This is where you were meant to be before Adam messed it up. Like, let's come back to where you were meant to be. Jesus Christ, that's what he did. He restored us. He reconciled us. And the Bible says we have now been called into the ministry of reconciliation. Not just reconciling mom and dad, reconciling my best friend with my other best friend. Is reconciling our, our, the lost back to the father. He wants all of us back. He wants all of us back into the kingdom. Like you can't have a non-challenge attitude towards this. You can't be okay just you knowing God, your mom knows God, your siblings know God, your husband, if you're married, your children, if you're a mother, know God. That can't be good enough. You can't be non-challenged about it. You have to actually care. Because if you love God and you want to know what makes him happy, that's what makes that's the ultimate thing that he wants. He's happy that you know him. Great. But he wants everyone to know. Everyone to know, because that's who he is. He's love. He's compassion. He doesn't derive pleasure in seeing the world forsaken, derive pleasure in children killing their parents, parents killing their children, in to derive pleasure in humans having um, intercourse with animals, deriving pleasure from people burning, cannibalism, all that kind of nonsense happening. He doesn't derive pleasure. But he's relying on you and I, those that actually know him, those that have received the life of Christ. He's going to do whatever he does through us. Not through pigeons and rabbits, unless no human is available. And so this is really where we need to, I, I almost feel like there's, there's a, there's a repenting, like, believe you me, like, I, when I saw this, I was very sober. I cried because I'm like, yo, what did I just see? Because I mean, it's different if you think it's heaven and hell, but this was not, like, this was not heaven and hell. This was on the earth. And so just even the fact that, okay, like, have I contributed to that? And what am I doing? And wow. Like, so there's a real call to repentance that I had to go through. And which I believe God is calling all of us to. But then also like the prayer of Lord just to have a heart of compassion. Like too many people are okay with their neighbor not knowing Jesus. And I think it's because obviously like in this vision, I could see proper demonic activity and all kinds of things happening. Like, and you're probably thinking my neighbor's cool, my neighbor's fine. They've got good jobs. They've got a family. They go on holidays every other time, but spiritually they're dead. And so th their reality, like not, don't just judge by what you see, because unless they've opted in and they know Jesus, it's, it's, it's hell on earth. And so too many of us are okay with our friends and family and neighbors, not knowing God and not partaking. And that it, it's, and so if that's the case, the prayer is, Lord, build in me a heart of compassion. God loves people. We talk about, and I don't want to be controversial now, so I don't even know what I should say. But anyway, for the context of this, like, you know, we talk about black lives matter, this lives matter. And I'm thinking souls matter. We need to care about souls, guys. We need to care about souls, not just ours. Because we could argue we're okay, we're cool. Like we know Jesus, we're just now growing in him. So at least we are now from deficit into neutral and then growing upward. If you're looking at a graph, but there are too many that don't know him. And unless people like you and I bring them over, there's no hope for them. That doesn't please the father. Like that's not, that's not how it's meant to be. <laughs> like whatever Christ did on the cross of Calvary, he did for all, not for one. 
for all. Yes, for the one in terms of personal experience, but he did it for all. Like, there's no exclusivity here. Like, this is not a gentleman's club. This is not like a special institution for just a select few. No, this is for all of mankind. And it grieves the father. It grieves him. Like, he has already done everything he can and could. All we need to do is share it. All we need to do is make it known. All we need to do is extend that which we have received and bring as many as we can to the other side. If it's not going to happen through us, it's not going to happen. Like, if it's not going to happen through us, it's not going to happen. And so, yeah, the prayer is one prayer of repentance. But then a heart of compassion. Souls matter. They always have. They always will. And really, like asking God, maybe that's the third point, like, what role do I play here? Because trust me, everyone has a role to play. Like, do not be under any kind of illusion here. The role is not just for the pastor on the pulpit to preach and the choir to sing and the prayer team to pray. Everyone on the other side, that beautiful garden side, everyone had a role assigned to them. Nobody was bickering. Nobody was fighting over, no, this might, this might. No, everyone had a role to play. And so the prayer is, God, what is my role in this? Like, what? role do I play here? What will you have me do? Now, people always talk about purpose and find your purpose and discover your purpose. And you know what? I'm not trying, I'm not negating. I'm not arguing. There are different dimensions to things. But honestly, to me, like there's one purpose. The purpose is to save the lost. Well, first you be saved and then save the lost. You know him and you make him known. That's the one purpose. Now, how you do that, the strategies, the environment, the, 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 the skills, all the kind of stuff is now, is now the how-to. But purpose is very clear. There's one. To save, to, to be saved and to extend the grace and make him, like, to bear witness. Like, the Bible talks about us bearing witness. No bearing witness to me. I'm not bearing witness to me and how great I am. I'm bearing witness to him and how wonderful he is. That's my purpose. Now, Lord, where do I do that? Well, today it's in the north, tomorrow it's in the south. How do I do that? Today you're singing, tomorrow you're dancing. Like, see what I mean? Like, how you express that, that changes. And that's where prayer is key in terms of clarity. Lord, what will you help me do? But never lose sight of the end goal here. Like, that's the end goal, to know him and to make him known. Some do that in the marketplace. Some do that in the church. Some do that online, some do it through fashion, others do it through politics, like different domains, different spheres, different skills, different attributes, different styles, different languages. That's the how-to, the strategy. And then underneath that, the tactics, the individual steps, what you do, when to do it, how to do it, all that kind of stuff. But the, the goal doesn't change. And so then, so what we need to understand is, God, what role do I play here? What role do I play here? Because there, there is a way, like what works for the one might not work for the other. 
For some, just maybe a straight evangelism might do. For others, no. They they watch your fruit. Like you must be the Bible that they read. So in the marketplace, on the work in on the same team, just the way you talk and the way you act. Like there'll be different things that speak to different people. But there will be God will require you. Like you are the tool that God is using to do his bidding. And so Lord the prayer is Lord, what what role will you have me play? What will you have me do here? And just trust that as you, in humility and complete surrender, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. He's not going to lead you into, into damnation. A life devoted to him, like I always say, Lord, my, one of my prayers is, Lord, let it be unto me according to your will. You'll have us go to Timbuktu. Let's go. When we get there, what, what do you want me to do? You want me to speak? I'm going to speak. And then just, I'm like, he's not going to lead you to save and then get lost on the way. Um, and by the way, that's why discipleship also is key because there is an element of training and becoming and growing and, you know, the truth being revealed and you just moving from being a, 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 a drinking milk to eating the meat, right? So there's always an element as Christians to grow in our faith. And the more we know, the more we become like him and, and all that kind of stuff. And we mature, even the Bible says Jesus Christ, like he grew in stature. So we are meant to grow and mature. But whilst that is happening, that God would have us do certain things. He wanted to absolutely bear witness. And this is not just left to the people distributing tracts, which we from afar say, well done, brother, well done, sister, keep on going, keep on writing. No, there's there's your own contribution to the kingdom here. There is your own contribution. Yes, I know everybody's busy trying to build a name for themselves, live in different houses, have different investments, drive different cars and all that kind of stuff. And that's cool. I'm going to talk about that in a different episode. But let's not never lose sight of the ultimate goal, to know him and to make him known. And all the different spheres that we work in, or the spheres that we're introduced, those are our platforms, environments that we happen to be in, where we are meant to extend the hand of love and grace and bring those that do not know God into the kingdom. And no, you don't have to go to theology school. Your testimony, your, your witness account of who Jesus is to you is enough. Stop procrastinating. You don't have to go to Bible school. Your testimony is enough. Your life is enough. That which you know give. Those are the three things that I really believe God was saying. One, repent as individuals and the body of Christ as churches. And I get it. Like sometimes, oh, do I go there? I, I get the whole thing about, you know, people talk about, um, and the church is a holy place and, you know, like you have to look a certain way and sound a certain way and be a certain way. And, you know, like we don't want certain people to lead other people astray. And listen, like somebody once said, like, listen, if a girl in a miniskirt comes, walks into your church, sits at the front and your pastor loses it, the issue isn't her. The issue is him. Right. And so I almost feel like and obviously that's now I'm not I don't want to trivialize it. But basically what this is saying is that you should be solid in your Christian walk and Christian faith and just walk. And just let the spirit of the Lord really just mature and develop you. Right. And so you will be confronted because we are not meant to just sit and dine on wine and die in your in, in our houses. We are meant to go into the world. But trust that what sustains you there is him. What keeps you there is him. What watches over you is him. Who watches over you is him. Right. And so just understanding that, yes, church is something I get it like protecting the, 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 the congregation and keeping evil out. But listen, when people come, 
They're not coming for you. They're coming for Jesus. Don't be the barrier. Don't be the barrier. Like, honestly, like, just step out aside. They've come to meet with Christ. Let them meet him. Everything else he'll work, he will do the work. Whatever that work is. And he doesn't just work on those that come from the world and come into the body. He works on us in the body. Because we've got things that need working on. Let Christ be Christ and do what he wants to do. All he's asking us is just bring them over. He knows what to do once they are there. Like he, he knows how to meet them. He knows how to meet his, how to meet his own. He does. We need to repent. Repent. Whether that be self-righteousness, whether that be the fact that we just we've just kept this to ourselves. This is for me and this is for me and my family and repent for nonchalancy, repent of building walls that have kept people out, whether that is a metaphor or literal prayer of repentance. Two, a prayer to, for God to just build in us a heart of love and compassion, to love people the way he loves them, to care for people the way he cares for them. Because remember, he expresses himself through and three what will you have me do what is my role in this kingdom and then listen just the grace to do whatever he calls us to do knowing that as long as he is in us and we are in him it is well so um i'm gonna leave it there because i don't want to add to anything um but yeah i I know this was a probably a tough one and trust me like this is more probably three years ago now 2020 I think and I, every time I think about it it's still like my god lord you know it still causes me to do exactly those three things repent ask God to honestly just feel the heart of love and compassion in me I just really want to love people because souls matter souls matter they matter and they matter so much to him you know and I, and I want to do what, what, what he requires of me. I might not know what that is. Sometimes I might, I might, sometimes I might not. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, and that's cool. Because as long as I'm submitted to the spirit of the Lord, he leads me anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I really pray that um, this, and this is not an encouragement, really. Like, I really pray this encouraged you. No, not really, like, it's not... And encouragement is I really just pray that you are stirred in your spirit and feel like, yeah, Lord, I get it. Um, I am sorry. I probably don't have the heart required um to do this, so help me, Lord. But then yeah, whatever you ask me to do, Lord, I'll do it. Um, because I love you. And this is what you require of me. So um take time out, meditate on this, chew over it, pray over it. Um and in the place of prayer, I know that God will speak to you and give you your piece of the puzzle, um, your contribution to the kingdom, and then all the grace required to do it as unto him. So yeah, this is me. Um, I'll leave it at that. 
to sell all. Um, but yeah, hope this stirred something in you. And um, yeah, let's do this. Let's allow God use us in doing that which he has called us to do. Which is to know him and to make him known. I'll leave it here. Um, again, pleasure to have you on the episode. Um, please come back. Um, until then, it's your host, Katharina Abiola James. Stay blessed and stay tuned.